0: Welcome to Plastic Model Mojo, a podcast dedicated to scale modeling, as well as the news and events around the hobby, where we hope to be informative and entertaining and help you keep your modeling mojo alive. For episode forty-three of Plastic Model Mojo, you ready to have some fun tonight.
1: I'm always ready to have some fun when it comes to modeling. Forty-three episodes,
0: unbelievable. Uh, we're getting up there. We hit. We'll hit the fifty this year, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe it. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of that's a lot of editing.
1: <laughs> oh, it seemed real easy for me. All I did is talk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, what's up in your model sphere?
1: Well, uh, my model sphere has been dominate. It's a little bit been a little bit hectic. I've been jumping from project to project and doing a little on uh, a number of different things, and so it's a little hectic. But as always, the big thing this time of year is getting prepped for the nationals. Uh, Can't can't wait for it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, um, Now it's just a matter of can I can I get. Can I survive to the point where I get to go?
0: <laughs> well, you'll get to go.
1: Yeah. So, how about you? What's your model sphere been looking like?
0: Uh, a little lax. I've been uh, still getting things packed up for the show. I went out and got the uh, the Pelican case for the all our gear, and I've got to get the dividers hogged out for all the microphones and mic stands and cables. And
1: we need to we need to hire a roadie for some for that.
0: I don't know. I have to find us one.
1: Yeah. I don't
0: know if we can afford that or not.
1: Uh, I'm not sure it's in the budget.
0: But uh, in addition, I, I'm I'm just still contemplating my next project. Uh? But now, now that Moosearoo Cups here.
1: Well, that is your next project.
0: Well, we'll talk about that more later. But uh, <laughs> okay. Not a lot. I've been busy with my new job, Dave, and my new yeah. car. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's the the spring. Really, uh, my modeling in the summer tends to slow down, just simply from the standpoint. There's yard care, there's pool care, uh, you know. There's family vacation, which is coming up, so uh, it, it does tend to affect my model sphere. So, Mike, uh, uh, what's your modeling fluid tonight?
0: Well, after that highly enjoyable Weller Special Reserve last episode, I'm I'm back to the bullet referencing your comment about other bourbons I, I still think this one's really bourbon even after the weather
1: oh it it is absolutely listen for you know uh unless you're bond villain rich you're not going to be drinking uh weller or a uh, peppy van winkle 24 7 so yeah that's a uh, bullet's a great bourbon for your everyday consumption in fact uh my my local liquor, liquor store, uh, I passed through uh, this afternoon, uh, and uh, uh, they had it on special for 23 Not bad. No, not a bad price at all. I think I'm going to jump back up there tomorrow and uh, pick up a bottle.
0: Well, look around. There's some out there now with a bottleneck hanging coupon on it.
1: Oh, really? For a couple, of,
0: ha- couple of three off, so that's even better.
1: Oh, that would be even better. I'll have to keep an eye out for that.
0: Well, and and funny thing is, uh there's an episode of Parks and Rec where Ron Swanson orders a bullet. I mean, what more is there to say?
1: That's an endorsement you can stand behind. <laughs> what about you, man? Well, um I am drinking uh, a new new beer to me, nothing I've ever had before. Sierra Nevada's Big Little Thing Imperial IPA. So, it's uh 9% alcohol by volume. Not bad. Um it reminds you uh, very much of the uh, New Belgium Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA. It maybe has a little more depth, a little d- deeper flavor, and a little more hop on the back end. But uh, I think it's going to get me through the episode. We'll see.
0: Well, I used to know a guy named Dave who didn't like hoppy
1: beers. Yeah, I don't know who that guy was and what his problem was. But uh, uh, he was wrong. Well, we got some listener mail, Dave. All right, let's get into it.
0: Uh first up is our friend Joe Porsche from the Las Vegas IPMS. And he says, for your information, Bob was never sane. <laughs> I guess that's in reference to your comment about talking to him here before the show, if he's got any sanity left. I am half convinced that uh
1: to be an IPMS national show chairman, you have to be a little bit crazy.
0: I probably do. Well, Bob if you're listening I'm I'm sure you are you guys can sort that out later I I'm, I'm just the messenger That's right. <laughs> Couple thousand miles away almost so <laughs> He can't punch me. There you go. Ah, next up is uh Francesco Bianchini from uh Viareggio, Italy. All right. That's a long way. Hail Italia. Well, apparently I'm not the only one with a similar journey to Evan McCallum our guest on the last last episode. Uh, Francesco's running a hard parallel journey. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Uh, he's also an armor modeler, both in 35th and 72nd scale. He's also young at 23 years old. He's also an aerospace engineer, a new one. And he's also yet to build an aircraft model. Wow. He's like Italian. He's Italian Evan. I guess he he, he needs to start a YouTube channel now.
1: Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> those, the, those two—they may have been twins separated at birth. Man,
0: well, that's he enjoyed a- it, and in a, you know, I I can see why he enjoyed it. He 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 got a lot out of all the parallels between the two, and they're about the same age, have the same career path, build the same stuff, and uh, looking to expand in the same direction. That's that's pretty that's pretty funny.
1: Now we need to know if Italian Evan uh, has a girlfriend who's uh, let him put in a, a train layout and a, and a modeling bench in, in the apartment.
0: I guess. They got a lot in common. They and do. It, as the Sherman brothers said, it's a small world after all, Dave. True enough. <laughs> now that you got that in your head, you're welcome.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> oh, another one from Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Dan Nuffle. Uh, he says he received an IPMS family membership for Christmas. Yay. And he and his model building son will be attending the national show. Well, that will be convenient. Yeah. Real convenient. And he says he enjoys the Dr. Strange brush segments and he did patronize our sponsor as a result. Well, good. He's got a little bit more to say about attending the show, but we'll save that for our countdown to Vegas segment. Sounds good. All right. What else? What else we got? Eric Kenser from uh, Silicon Valley area of California, he got a nice laugh out of your $100 worth of B-24 decals. <laughs> uh, it was at
1: least $100 worth of B. I'm here to tell you I'm pretty sure that it was more significantly more than $100. Uh,
0: and he laughed some more when we sized up the prospects of the 30-plus kit build you're faced with to do all these.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, he's not the only one who's rubbed that in. Uh, Jim Bates has, has pointed that out to me, and I've I've uh, challenged Mr. Bates and told him for every Ploesti Raider I can finish, he has to finish a damn buster.
0: There you go. And on that comment, he says it is Ploesti.
1: Ploesti, yes.
0: Yes. Accent on the second syllable and an SH. Kind of like Budapest. Budapest, yeah,
1: yep. No, there's no. Da- hey, listen, I come from I come from a state where Vers- Versailles is for sales, and Was Warsaw, Warsaw is Warsaw.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. And finally, our old friend Alex Restrepo, right here in Louisville. He says he was digging the interview with Evan, aka Panzermeister Thirty Six. And he also wanted to tell us that uh, he recently stumbled onto a Halcyon Nostromo.
1: Oh, the Nostromo.
0: The Nostromo, yes, from Alien. Yep. yep. Uh, for $15 at a yard sale. That's a pretty uh-huh. good find. Th- those kits are kind of rare.
1: Those kits are rare and expensive. If if Alec wasn't such a great model builder, he'd he'd pop that one on eBay and make himself a nice little profit, or could if he wanted to.
0: Uh, you know, and those kits are a lot of... Uh, Modeling value for your dollar back at the retail price anyway.
1: Yeah, absolutely they are.
0: <laughs> uh, and you know what I mean by that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. that's a pretty good find because he said it was in good shape. Box was in nice condition. And he wants to know what our best score was. Oh, God. You got one? Let me think for you. Go ahead
1: if you've got one. Let me think because you knew this was coming. I, didn't. Oh, I knew let this me, was
0: coming. So let, yeah. let
1: me think for a minute.
0: Well, some clueless Rube sent me an uh, old Airfix Sam 2 for free.
1: <laughs> I know that clueless Rube. I resemble that clueless Rube.
0: <laughs> That's a little pricey, little kit, too.
1: I know it is. I know it is, but I'm sure in your your capable hands, you will make it shine.
0: I'm gonna make it's gonna be more rare because there's gonna be one less in the world unbuilt. At some that's point. right, because it's all it's going together eventually. I, I don't know the the two kitty hawk kingfishers I've, I'm buying out of Hong Kong might prove to be one. We'll see how that plays out. It'll yeah, be, they got they got to get here in good condition.
1: Oh, are they still in transit?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I chose cheap uh, ocean freight, so we'll see when they get here.
1: Hopefully the salt water, salt water doesn't hurt them.
0: So I'm not sure to be honest, you know, when I, when weighed against the scope of my stash, I'm not sure even a free kit is a bargain at this point.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's true too.
0: So I don't know Have you ever found a, um, a, a rare one or something that's hard to find for a good price.
1: Actually, not so much either of those things, but I will tell you that. When I go to model shows and go through the vendors and, you know, have the guys getting rid of old kits, I find, to me, a 70-second scale zeros, which I just – it's the best model kit I've ever built. I've built two of them. Uh, I have, like, six more in the stash. It, it is, it's, it's just a fun – build. It's, it's some of the most fun I've ever had building models because they go together so well. They are such great kits, and they're a great canvas if you want to go nuts on one to, to trick it out. But when I go to model shows, I find those kits on sale tables, on vendor tables, sometimes for $8, 10 $12 asking price. And whenever I see one, I end up buying it but just because... It is such a good kit at such a, you know, that's that's what I call the automatic buy price. It's like, yeah, I don't care how many I've got of them. Uh, I'm going to buy that for that price because that's that's too good a deal. So that's how I got the six or seven le- sitting in my stash right now.
0: We well, you can build those between B24s.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Nothing but B24s and zeros from here on out.
0: That's it? Nothing else? I, I, don't, I don't know that I've scored one like that. And we'll see what he does with it.
1: Uh, I'll be interested. And you know Alex. He'll build it.
0: Well, good for him. He will. He got to buy one for 15 bucks and say, well, what does it normally go for?
1: Oh, God. You know, I'd like to look on eBay here, sitting in front of the computer. Let me look on eBay. Uh, you are not going to believe how much that kid is. Would you like to take a guess?
0: $400.
1: $340. <laughs> hey. I would say Alex did well for himself. Uh, yeah, it's not bad. That is not bad at all. Not bad at all.
0: He can paint that with his new harder and steam back. Steam That's got. right.
1: Just and get himself some AK. What is it? Starship filth. Mm. Is that AK or ammo? I can't keep
0: track. I I I don't know. I can't either. Well, that that's all for listener mail this this episode.
1: All right. As usual, this is the time where you hear me ask you to, when you're done with this episode, please stop, take a moment, rate us on your whatever podcasting app you listen to us on. Uh, We'd appreciate five stars because it helps other people find us. Also, if you know of a modeling friend or buddy who's not listening to the podcast, we'd appreciate it. If you would give us a recommendation Personal recommendations are the most important way that a podcast grows. So if you do that, we'd appreciate it.
0: And while you're doing that and you want to listen to some more five-star podcasts, cruise on over to www.modelpodcasts.com, and there you'll find the links we've set up to all the other podcasts in Podspace. And uh, it's a quick, easy link, and you can see them all. all, right? Take them all in. When you're not listening to podcasts, you can check out our blog and YouTube friends out on the internet, Chris Wallace and model airplane maker, Stephen Lee with sprue pie with frets Jim Groves, the inch high guy for all things, 72nd scale and Jim Bates, a scale Canadian TV. Uh, All of this stuff is some really good content. If you like reading and looking at pictures, watching YouTube videos, please check all those things out. You'll find some uh, interesting perspectives on the hobby and some uh, good, uh, building technique uh, information from some of them
1: yep hale just dropped a new youtube uh, just uh, just in the last few days definitely you you should go check it out finally uh if you are not a member of your national ipms organization either ipms usa or ipms canada ipms australia which whatever country you're in please consider joining ipms usa uh for, the, for folks in the U.S., provides the structure under which all of the modeling clubs and all the regional contests, as well as the national, national contest function. Uh, they promote the hobby. They've got a really great hobby magazine. Uh, so I would urge you to, if you're not already, to join or to rejoin, if you've let it lapse, your IPMS National Membership.
0: All right, Dave, we're proud to take a word from our sponsor right now. Sounds good. Plastic Model Mojo is now brought to you by Model Paint Solutions, your source for harder steam back airbrushes, David Union power tools, and laboratory-grade mixing, measuring, and storage tools for use with all your model paints, be they acrylic, enamels, or lacquers. Check them out at www.modelpaintsolutions.com. It's countdown to Vegas time, Dave.
1: It's getting close, man. I can, you know, about two weeks out from the from the nationals, my 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 palms start sweating. I start to get tingles up the spine. It must be getting close.
0: Well, at the time of this recording, we are a mere twenty three days away from the IPMS National Convention in Las Vegas, Nevada. So we're just about inside of. Well, we we will be inside of two three weeks once this drops on Friday.
1: Cannot wait.
0: Uh, there's not a lot of news from Bob this episode. We talked a little bit, uh, but we're planning on having him on one more time before our final episode to drop before the nationals. Now it's not our last episode ever, but just the one we're going to drop uh, before we travel to Las Vegas, and we can get all the last minute details at that time. Uh, Dave, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we've got a great table location. Uh, there's lots of listeners who are going to be there and have expressed an interest in stopping by and saying, "Hey." Uh, We've seen some emails about some, uh, special gifts looking forward to that. And, uh, just, uh, it's going to be a good time.
1: Yeah. And listen, guys, if you're out there, you're listening, we're going to be there. We're going to be at a table. Stop by and say, hi, let us know what you think. We'll take suggestions for subjects for future podcasts. Uh, you know, it, it It'll be great to put faces with names. That's one of the great things about the both uh, local contests or regional contests, and surely the national, is that you get to put a face with a name that you may have interacted with a lot uh, online, but you've never actually seen the person in person. So uh, please feel free to don't be shy. Come on by. Say hi. Let's talk modeling. because. Lord knows that's what we're doing here, and that's that's what we have fun doing.
0: Well, we'll be easy to find. We're in the vendor room. We have a great big tablecloth with our name on it. So come on by.
1: We're, we got to we got to bring the plastic sheet for when they start throwing rotten eggs and fruit <laughs> at it, Something like that. We
0: might like the blue blues
1: brothers. That's right. That's right. We're we're going to work behind a chicken wire fence. <laughs>
0: Well, getting back to the listener mail, uh, Dan Knoffel's listener mail in particular, uh, his question is for us in that, are there any suggestions on attending the show with his son who will be entering the preteen category? Now, his son is 10 years old and a model builder, and uh, they're doing this as a father and son thing. What do you think? A, have fun. Uh, <laughs> when you When you bring your kid along,
1: you get to see the wonder through his eyes. So enjoy it with him. Um, Spend a lot of time in the model room looking at the models because he'll be amazed and hopefully he'll be inspired by it. When you take him into the vendor room, he's going to find something that he wants for his next project, whatever. Uh, It's a great opportunity to let him see the wide variety of what modeling is, and he can, you know if suddenly, if he's interested in figures or if he's interested in World War one stuff or or cars or whatever, it's a great opportunity for him to see the whole gamut of modeling. And I will tell you, uh, modelers, are always happy to see young kids getting into modeling. Uh, we all like modeling and, you know, we all worry variously about how, how the the future of modeling is going to be. So you will find vendors very, very friendly to, to young kids just getting into, to modeling. So, um, Be sure he wears comfortable shoes. Be sure you wear comfortable shoes because you are going to do a whole lot of walking. Finally, uh, depending on what his interests are, uh, take a look at the the seminar schedule and see if there's something that matches up with his particular interest because a great way for him to really get invested in the hobby is to go see one of these presentations that's of particular interest to him. And finally, stop by our table and say, hi, we'd love to meet you and your son.
0: Back to something you said about the vendor room. <laughs> I think you need to let your son ask how much a particular item is.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> there, I, swear, I swear there are at least one or two modelers who hire a child for the weekend <laughs> <laughs> just to take advantage of that particular technique, because yes – the vendors are definitely more likely to give young young kids interested in a particular model uh, a better price.
0: Or no price. Uh, you remember when we were at Indy Dave and, and, the, and the kid came to the table and he said he had like $2 left and asked how much that kit was. And you said it was $0.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, you know, Hey, listen. It was it, if he if he gets some some enjoyment out of building that. That's more than you know. More than two dollars in my pocket. What do I need another two dollars for? If it brings joy to a kid's heart, that's that's all all you could ask for.
0: So, well, I think hopefully they come by the table.
1: Yeah, hopefully they do. Mike, uh, what's your what's your bench top looking like?
0: Uh, it's looking like a bill sorting pile at the moment. <laughs> uh,
1: that's that's kind of coincidental because that's kind of what mine's looking like. Uh, uh, I'm all over the map. So what what you've been doing?
0: Not much, un- unfortunately. I'm still working on the base for the ZIS too. Yeah, it's really starting to sound like a broken record. I got the, all the, uh, the the wood parts flat finished. I may have said that last time. I don't even remember at this point. Uh, and while we were talking to our canadian friends on uh, our little virtual build night uh, i cut the uh, basswood sides out for the the sides of the to trim out the uh, the diorama base i'm kind of doing it the plasma way yeah and trying to give that a give that a go given the whole stained wood base thing kind of to skip this time and see how it turns out
1: yeah and you're you still Thinking about what's next.
0: I'm always thinking about what's next, and it always changes.
1: <laughs> but you haven't actually cut any plastic on what's
0: nope, next. Nope, I've not. I've not cut any plastic on what's next. I I, I'm, I gotta get this thing. I gotta get this just done. I gotta get it off off the map, off the off the bench.
1: I I hear you. My M30 is sitting there, and it's been going for more than twelve months.
0: But um, you got I, you got another project though. I don't have a yeah, lot else going on.
1: Yeah, I got several other projects going on and I got distracted too. So uh
0: and I gotta break I, I gotta break the float plane back out and finish that one too.
1: Yes, you do. Yeah, you do. We're gonna but the nice thing is when we come back from the nationals, I don't know about you, but the nationals always get me fired up. I get inspired, I come home from the nationals and just throw myself at the bench. I end up finishing a lot of models in the fall after the Nationals. I'm hoping that's what happens this year.
0: Well, I hope so, too, for you and me. It's just, yeah. uh, it, for some reason, this was, this was easier last year.
1: <laughs> yes, it was. Well, you know, we were locked down. There wasn't there wasn't all this other stuff.
0: Wasn't crap else to do, really.
1: Yeah, uh, true enough, true enough. Model is
0: paradise. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, let's, you know, it's not exactly a great trade trade-off, but we'll take we'll take the silver linings wherever we can find them i think Uh, so uh the mosquito is uh i don't think it's going to get because of my my work and family schedule i don't think it's going to be finished by vegas it's going to be close but i don't think it will be finished i've started to do a little more work on the tu 128 i've got distracted and and decided to experiment with chipping fluid on a 72nd scale aircraft carrier deck base um, that uh, Bates had sent me. And uh, that probably means that, because I like the, the way the base is coming out. In fact, it's almost completely done. Um, but what that probably means is that I'm going to uh, have to build an Arma Wildcat or an Edward an uh, Edward Hellcat to go on the base.
0: Just just send it to Chris Wallace and put yeah. his Hellcat
1: on it. Hellcat on. That's I've actually <laughs> joked that I was going to do that. Uh, and hell, you know the problem is his his. his his Wildcat's probably going to look too darn good for that base, but uh, I'll get, to, I'll do something, but I am, I am modeling. I'm just real scattered right now. And I think that a lot of that has to do with summer and it has to do with, um, the, the nationals coming up and, and family stuff. Uh, so I'm trying to, trying to juggle a lot of balls in the air. And of course the one that, that doesn't get as much attention is the hobby. Cause you know, you got to, Sad as it is to say you gotta put work and family first.
0: Well, is that all you got going on?
1: That's that's pretty much it. I'll try and post some pictures um on the Facebook page so that people can see a little bit of stuff. But uh uh that's pretty much where I sit right now.
0: Well, you're doing about as bad as I am right now.
1: That's okay. We're here. Remember, this whole thing was was about you and I keeping the mojo together.
0: That's right. Well, as modelers, when you're not building, you're buying. Yeah. Anything broke your wallet in the last two weeks or since this last segment aired?
1: Well, uh, only one thing. Really, this this is another thing about the Nationals, is that usually about a month out from the Nationals, um, I stop buying hobby stuff just simply because I'm trying to bankroll money. Uh, to go to the vendor room at the Nationals, the world's largest traveling hobby shop, as it's known. And it is easy at the Nationals, and I have done so, it is easy to drop an embarrassing amount of cash. I usually st- set a very strict budget, usually s- partly successful at sticking to that, although there's always that one thing that you find that you're like, I didn't know I needed that.
0: And damn, is it expensive. <laughs>
1: Damn, isn't expensive, that's right. (laughs) Uh, So I've been limiting myself. Now, the one thing I have done uh, is the new 144th scale B52H that was released. uh, I have uh, acquired it through our local hobby shop. Now, I have not gone and picked it up. Uh, Brian texted me that's that it's in. I just haven't been able to get over and pick it up. And the reason I did this is that Caracal decals released a decal sheet for uh, B5260-033, which was uh, one of the B52s that my brother f- flew and he refers to it as his his particular favorite B52. Uh, He flew it in combat in Bosnia. And uh, so I want to get that and build it for him. I've got a 72nd scale B-52 that I'm I'm going to build for him as well. But of course, a 72nd scale B-52 is not a small thing, whereas I can build a 144 scale B-52, give it to him, and he'll still have room in his room to actually fit in his room. So, but I am excited to, to, that they came out with that. I'm exciting, excited that the decals came out and uh, I'm going to have to work that into the build sequence somewhere here relatively shortly because I'd like to, to build it and give it to him before both of us are dead. <laughs> that's,
0: that's a good plan.
1: Thank you. <laughs> So, uh, what's your wallet looking like? Is it fat and ready for Vegas, or is it skinny and 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 crying a little bit?
0: Well, it it took a little hit this week. Uh
1: oh, what happened?
0: Oh, I got on JDR Models in Poland. Our friends in Poland, their Ooh. their website. Oh, that hurts because you can't just buy one thing. Of course not. It's got to be shipped yeah. from Poland, so you might as well fill the box exactly. <laughs> well, I what, picked a, I picked up. From uh, part models, you know the Polish yeah. PE company parts. Yeah, uh, they have three etch sets for the IBG single turret seven TP. Three etch sets. Yep. Jeez. They have an interior set. They have an interior interior set, an exterior set, and a fender set.
1: Okay. Well, let me stop and ask you several questions on this. Okay. One, can the seven TP be opened up in such a way? naturally opened up in such a way that you can see much of the interior?
0: That's a good question. I, I, I think uh, that's going to score about a six out of 10, I think. Okay. So the front hatch can be open. The turret can be opened and the engine deck can be opened, but, uh, there's, there's no like side hatches into the, into the crew compartment on the superstructure or anything like that. So,
1: okay. I don't know. We'll see. So how how much do you figure of this photo of this three sheets of photo edge? Do you think you'll actually use? Uh,
0: I don't know. That's a good question. I have to wait till I till I get them and see what's on it. All right. I mean, it's it's all just blurry pictures now, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sounds to me like your seven TP is quickly uh, quickly moving up the ranks it's, as the the next uh, the next project.
0: It's kind of distilling to the top.
1: Yes. Like now, a fine bourbon.
0: In addition to that, I picked up a copy of the IBG twin turret 7 TP as well.
1: <laughs> now, did they make the, the twin turret one as much? Uh
0: it was the first one. So I don't know the production numbers. Okay. I mean, it, it was not uncommon, so probably.
1: Okay. So what which, which would you do which way are you leaning right now? Is building the single turret or the twin turret?
0: The single. Okay. Yeah, I'd start there. Because Part hadn't released the three photo etch sets for the, <laughs> <laughs> for, for the twin turret one.
1: Uh,
0: uh, yeah, it's kind of distilling to the top. So
1: so is there a particular photo or photos that have inspired you that you're looking to uh, uh, reproduce? Um,
0: no, it pretty much had a cup. One of a couple of factory schemes, and they they were kind of sparse on marking. so they, they're all fairly similar.
1: Well, good. Are, so, are you th- are you thinking figure with it?
0: I don't know, maybe
1: because I've always thought the Polish tanker uniforms were were good looking.
0: Well, that that uh, one copy of the uh, single turret's got that mini art figure set with it, so. right? So I okay. guess I guess I will. Okay. Well, good. Good. <laughs> Maybe you'll
1: be like night shift. This is my first figure ever. Look at it, and it comes out better than anything you've ever done in your life.
0: I think so. Well, nothing else broke your wallet.
1: That's it, man. Uh, like I said, I've been hoarding hoarding money, man. Uh, I am.
0: This will be a good segment after the nationals.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're going to have to do. In fact, it might be an entire episode of okay. List all the things that you bought at the Nationals. I, I'm pretty sure that could fill an entire episode. Or it probably could. It could have in years pa- in previous national. I know that 2019 at Chattanooga, I definitely uh, uh, could have filled an entire episode with that.
0: Well, our special segment tonight, I've titled Mojo Miscellaneous. We've got a couple of topics to talk through here, kind of modeling, and then the other one's a little modeling adjacent subject. Okay. Sounds great. The first one is this Moosaroo Cup, subject and uh, build. Why don't you give everybody
1: listening, of course, most people probably already know, but give them the two-minute drill on what the Moosaroo Cup is, how it happened, and what the subject is this year.
0: Well, for those who don't know, and if you're listening to all the other podcasts, I don't know how you couldn't know, but uh, there's some new people among us, or maybe they don't listen to the other shows. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, the Mooseroo Cup started between Scale Model Podcast and in Canada and the guys in Australia at On the Bench. They each picked a subject and sent it to the other podcast who selected a builder, and then they were judged by some of the folks at the IPMS Hamilton in Hamilton, Ontario. Just the two of them. And then the next year after that, it was still just those two podcasts. Though that was the year that uh we came along and Plastic Posse came along and several of the others, Model Geeks and Just Making Conversation. Yeah. All started last year. And but still it was still IPMS Hamilton stepped up the game a little bit and provided the kits and they built those couple different auto gyros yeah Uh, but it was still it was on the bench and uh scale model podcast doing the builds uh this year we got drug into the fray along with uh, a couple of other podcasts that got started after moose root cup was uh, initiated and that's where we're at now so i guess it's it's us and Scale model podcast on the bench, just making conversation in the model geeks this 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 go around. Did I leave anybody out the posse. Yes, I did, didn't I? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, don't forget those guys. And the kits are provided through the folks at IPMS Hamilton, and uh, it's a Gundam kit, Dave.
1: Yeah, um, um, I have never. I mean, I've seen Gundams built up. I know what a Gundam is. I have never in my life built a Gundam.
0: Well, I haven't either. Now it was what Scale Model Podcast sent to On the Bench, the first Musaru Cup. So it's it's a repeat for on the bench guys anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hopefully okay. they'll they'll like it. I think Mr. Goldfinch is up this time. Ian built the other one.
1: Okay. <laughs> and so, and I assume you'll be representing our team this year.
0: Don't lean on me, man. You can't afford the ticket. <laughs>
1: Uh, well, we want to win. And if we're going to win, you've got to build it. Um
0: uh, well, here's the deal. Um, you know, my group build, uh, enthusiasm.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. I have the same problem. You and I've talked about that.
0: And we got a, we got a, a an interesting subject here.
1: No, since you've got the kit, I mean, is it, I, I hear they're spectacular as far as fit and, and finish go. um, does it look like it's particularly different than building just a normal model kit?
0: I don't know yet. Well, it's it's one of the Bandai high-grade kits, so it's right. one of their, their nicer offerings. Uh, explicitly, it's a, it's a uh, if I get this right, MSN-06S-2, Sinanju Stein, the narrative version. C- clearly, that means something. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. I think we drew short straw, Dave. <laughs> do
1: do do you know does this particular item come from a uh, a TV show or movie or uh, you know is there a uh, some sort of uh, history behind it? And if so, where can we view the 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 underlying anime or whatever whatever? type of, of cartoon I, or TV show.
0: I have to assume there's some uh, media IP around this, uh, but it's, it's the blind asking the blind. I, I don't, I don't know. Okay, guys, you guys listening out there, I'm sure
1: that particularly the folks that are heavily into Gundam know the background on this and know what, what IP, what, what media it comes from. If any of you can give us a pointer, cause I would at least be interested in viewing that IP to see what the backstory to the, to the prototype item is.
0: Me too. It might get, get me motivated even. It, absolutely. It so could. point, point, point us to it. Uh, um, well, I said short straw because I've seen uh, some of the others that were sent to the other podcasts, that there's a couple of those that I could, I could get my head around easier. Yeah. Uh, still kind of the mobile suit thing, but, uh, they're a little more clunky and and I don't know less less dramatic looking for for lack of a better description. Gotcha. Um, I'm not sure what to think of this one. I, Stu at uh, Scale Model Podcast was speaking to the quality of these kits and how blissful this was going to be to extrapolate a bit. Yeah. Um, but you know me, Dave. How far down the list is kit buildability for my project selection? <laughs>
1: Uh, definitely not your uh, top priority.
0: I, I'm not sure it's on the list.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You you would you if you want to build a kit, you'd carve it from from bare from bare block of styrene if you really really wanted it. That's absolutely true. Whereas buildability is probably number two or three on my list. I, I, I think mean, this
0: thing probably snaps together. Do you think it does? I think it probably I think you could go either way with it. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. So we'll see, you know. Well, out, outside of scale and genre is coming back to haunt me, I guess.
1: Yeah, well, I think we're going to have to we we will have to you know what you ought to do? You ought to bring it to Vegas and we should meditate deeply over it in the evenings over a bourbon and inspiration may well strike us.
0: It might but I, th- I think we've decided I, I'm the one who's going to be doing this.
1: <laughs> that's hey, listen, that's fine with me, man.
0: Well, confusion and confusion and jokes aside, uh, we're going to have to thank the fellows there at IPMS Hamilton for taking the reins and and turning it into something uh, a lot bigger than it started out to be. Yes, and apparently we need to thank the guys at uh, guys and gals, I guess, at Lightspeed Global, the Canadian. Wholesaler who has generously donated these kits to this uh, moosaroo cup challenge.
1: Yes, we guys, uh, the guys at IPMS Hamilton are are uh, they've been uh, wonderful in in promoting this and setting it up and including us this time. And uh, all jokes aside, we appreciate it, and I'm sure it's going to be great to see what everybody does with what they got.
0: Well, again, jokes aside, I've uh, I've felt the need to have something of some kind of complexity to paint with my H&S airbrush that I'm still cutting my teeth on before I tackle that uh, E16 Paul.
1: Well, uh, this listen, I'm sure this will be really good to practice on. Uh, the you will find the H&S to be the Infinity to be a fantastic airbrush. Uh, Every time I use it, I am impressed by some of the things I'm able to do with it. Uh, so I think it'll be a great way for you to, to cut your teeth on, on that, on that airbrush.
0: So I guess I need to start building it.
1: Yes. Yes, you do.
0: All right. Well, we're glad to participate. Absolutely. We'll see what happens next year. Well, I'll be rooting you for.
1: I will be rooting you on from from the sidelines, cheering your every effort.
0: Yeah, I bet you will. <laughs> You'll be mocking me incessantly.
1: No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> what What in the history of our multi uh, multi decade friendship would lead you to believe that?
0: Now we don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah, true enough. True enough. Well, speaking of time. Uh, another one I'd like to discuss a little bit is uh, a thread that popped up on the IPMS USA Facebook page this week uh, involving uh, podcast links and durations.
1: Mm-hmm. I saw, I happened to see that uh, post on the IPMS USA Facebook page. And for all those listeners, if you're not, if you're on Facebook and you haven't linked to the IPMS USA uh, Facebook group, please do so. There's a lot of interesting conversations like the one we're about to reference that take place on it.
0: Well, this one didn't take place too long as the thread got closed before I could comment or respond. So that's, that's why I'm doing it here. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The thread started. uh, Well, the thread starter, let's say this was uh, of the opinion that most podcast episodes in this space are simply too long. And he started a conversation around that and uh, kind of played his hand up front. And I guess uh, he chose to close the thread before I could respond. I, I'm not going to call out the author by name. If, he, if y'all want to go look, it's on the IPMS USA Facebook page. I, I really have no axe to grind with the author. I just, no, he, he I asked just,
1: a perfectly normal question.
0: That's right. And, and I just I didn't get to respond. I was busy uh, typing it up in words. I wouldn't make a d- bunch of dumb mistakes in it. Cause I'm an engineer and I can't spell or punctuate and that sort of thing. Uh, and I noticed it was closed. I was like, well, crap, what do I do now? <laughs> it, Cause it seemed a little sudden because he'd asked for the podcasters to, to, to respond. And I think uh, a couple of fellows from a couple of the other podcasts got in there a little bit, but uh, not a whole lot because the thing was only open for about three hours. Yeah. The responses that were on there though, were, were, pretty evenly mixed between people who thought uh, they ought to be less than an hour or at, at an hour. Um, there are a couple of exchanges that kind of crossed over into getting a little terse, I guess, but. Yeah. And I think that
1: may have been what led the author to, to uh,
0: close the thread. Well, maybe, but they, it wasn't terrible.
1: No, r- no really. I mean,
0: true. I mean, yeah, all internet considered, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> maybe by the stick.
1: By the standards of regular internet it was very gentle
0: anyway like i said i was typing a response in word um and but it got closed before i could say anything and dave we we've, we've kicked this around quite a bit
1: you, as you well know i have a very strong opinion on on episode length long time listeners probably realize you can go back through our all of our um episodes And with the exception of episodes where we interview a third person, all of our episodes tend to run somewhere between an hour and 20 and an hour and 30. And I am convinced that that is a very good length for the podcast, simply on the old uh, uh, entertainment maxim that you always want to leave them wanting more. You never want your audience asking, "When is this going to end?" or, or can you know, can I fast forward through part of it or something like that? Uh, so I'm a big believer in trying to keep episodes uh, down to uh, an hour and twenty, an hour and forty. Now I will tell uh, listeners that part of the reason that magic works. On, on our podcast, in my opinion, is that Mike edits the podcast very judiciously. He, he slices out dead time. He, he gets rid of stumbles and he tightens up the podcast. I think I've said more than once on, the, on the podcast that when the podcast drops and I go and actually listen to it, it's almost as if I'm listening to a different podcast than the one I recorded with Mike four four days earlier, because he's tightened it so much. But I do think uh, interviews accepted that I do personally prefer a a shorter rather than longer podcast.
0: Well, you know, we we have our opinions. That's yours, and and I'm I'm sort of there. I'm sort of not. My 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 opinions on podcast length gravitate more from the edit time involved and what I'm willing to put into it. Yes. yes. Not, not so much being fearful of listener fatigue. And, and, you know, we, we tease uh, the plastic posse podcast and Scott uh, for their longer format, Uh, Gilligan's Island jokes and all, and it, but it's just in fun. Um, That's their show. They can do however hell they want. And it's, it's a good show and I like it and I listen to it. Uh, I just don't want to edit that much content every two weeks. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot. He's taking on a lot, and he's doing a good job with it. But that's a lot of time behind the scenes after you record a session.
1: Yeah, especially if you put. I'm not so sure that any of the other. Well, I don't want to say because I I haven't listened to every episode of every other podcast. So, um, but you put a whole lot of effort into the editing of our podcast, and so. I think that does help us not only keep it tight and therefore keep it shorter, but also since you don't want to you you have a daytime job and a wife and two children, and you don't want to invest your life in editing, you know three and a half hours of raw content. Uh, I think that's a that's a nice control that helps helps us at least find that sweet spot of an hour twenty to an hour forty.
0: You know, I can say we've never gotten a complaint that our show was too long. In fact, we've only gotten suggestions that we make it longer. Yes, that's <laughs> true. To, to be honest, which is yes. kind of interesting, given the given the position of the the thread that started on the, the IPMS Facebook page. Yes. Uh, you know, in direct response to to that thread and the fact that the author stated he was interested, well, when he closed when he closed the thread that it was interesting that nobody mentioned the opportunities for the show sponsors. And I think that's probably happened for two reasons. One, the thread was only open for three hours. So in all fairness, there wasn't a whole lot of time for any of the podcasters to find it and respond. Uh, it, it just simply got closed yeah, for, for reasons he knows. And that's fine. Uh, But when you boil it down, it's a self-answering position, I think. Uh, The fact that the podcasts even have sponsors shows that said sponsors are happy with the opportunities as they have been negotiated.
1: Yeah. No, that's right. I think the sponsors gravitate to the podcast or podcasts that that suit their particular
0: fancy. So with Plastic Model Mojo in particular, our sponsor – Model Paint Solutions is going to be around for three or four special segments a year, hopefully helping folks improve their airbrushing. Unless you're from uh, Quebec, <laughs> 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 and you know, shamelessly promoting his great business all the while. Uh, that's that's what he gets out of the deal. And uh, we've had more than one listener write in and tell us they've patronized him because of what he's said and what they've learned during his segments. Which is yep. The way it works. Yep. Uh
1: and, and I do think another another thing to, to consider is that and and if the discussion had gone on longer, maybe this would have come up, that with multiple podcasts now, everybody is finding their own style slash length slash format slash whatever. And you know, there's not just one One brand of tomato sauce, one brand of beer, one brand. The the reason there are varieties are different people like different things. And some people like multiple things. I've listened to multiple modeling podcasts. Uh, And so I think that the varied length is probably due at least in part to just the varying formats and styles among the different podcasts.
0: And I take them in differently, depending on, you know, if I'm going to be at my bench in a a while, I'll queue up one of the long ones. Uh, I listen to James and Malcolm on the road a lot. There's, there's, there's a short format show, uh, usually under an hour, almost always. I think it's always been under an hour. Yeah. Uh, But uh, that's a great one for my commute time. Now my short commute time, thank God. (laughs) Uh, I can easily get through, uh, just making conversation going and coming from work in a single day.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and to make the, the, I'm the exact same way. I rather, rather famously, I listen to on the bench on Saturdays when I'm doing yard work and that's become some, uh, a running joke, a running joke, uh, (laughs) at this point, but that's exactly what I do. And because they're, they, they run, two to three hours, depending on what their particular segment is. It's it's usually somewhere around two hours, maybe a little more, which just happens to work for me doing my Saturday, yor- Saturday morning yard cutting and trimming and such as like that. So, you know, they do fit in in different areas, whereas like a PPC, I may listen to, Uh, when I'm like you, when I'm modeling or I may break up a PPP and use it for several commutes back and forth.
0: Yes, there is the pause button.
1: Yes, there is the pause button. That is absolutely true. You don't have, you don't have to listen to it. Any podcast straight through unbroken. And in fact, I would argue that modeling podcasts, particularly lend themselves to being, you know, as opposed to a narrative podcast, like a, a history podcast or a true crime podcast where, you know, it, it flows better if you listen to the whole thing, the whole episode. Uh, I think modeling podcasts lend themselves quite well to being paused and restarted.
0: All right. Anything else on that? Nothing else on that? I, you know, we'll we'll entertain listeners' opinions on the topic.
1: Yes, absolutely absolutely we'd, we'd like to hear not only on the on length but on on anything particular particularly in regard to our podcast anything that suggestions you've got suggestions for topics suggestions for stylistic changes you know the, none of this is set in stone and like i said it started out as mike and i doing what we do even if nobody was listening just sitting here talking to each other about modeling so any suggestions you got, we're open to.
0: Well, since this is a modeling podcast, we might want talk a little bit about modeling in a special segment.
1: That sounds like a good idea. You know, that's what people, ca- that's what the people came here for. It's not, a, as they say in Die Hard, you didn't hire me for my sparkling personality.
0: There's all kinds of references in this episode.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: I dropped another music reference in there. I'll see if anybody gets it. I'll give a hint. It was in the Moosaroo Cup segment. Good. Uh you know we kicked around maybe talking about since I'm looking at a new project how we how we kind of how we do a build really
1: yeah well you and I are are probably polar opposites as far as how we approach a new build just simply because of the way you approach modeling and the way I approach modeling and what we're looking to do and what we so compare and contrast how when you when you're looking at a new project what's that look like
0: it looks like me finding a photo or a film clip or something or an entire reference title on a, on a subject and deciding to model it kind of outside the the context of well what kits are available this one's supposed to be good. That one's supposed to be not so good. I pick a subject. I want a model. And then I go from there. Everything else doesn't get a lot of consideration up front. Once I've made a decision, I want to pick this subject.
1: Yeah. See, now that's the first place you and I differ. Simply now we, we both get inspiration from either photograph, film clip. With me, a lot of times it's uh, books reading a book on a particular person or a particular subject or uh, a particular encounter that, uh, that first start gets me started. Uh, but my, my pathway is I'll look at what's out there and pick the best kit. And sometimes if I'm really interested in doing something and there's not at least a halfway decent kit to start, I'll move on to something else. Because as you know, my motto is life's too short to build crappy kits." And, you know, I, I'm just not at this point in my life, I am just not inspired enough. There are enough things that I do want to build. As you well know, my list Grows longer all the time and <laughs> is constantly changing as far as what's next on the list. But you know, unlike the say the uh, Reba Botan with you or the the um, the Katusha that you want to do, you know, I I just don't I don't have the time, the energy, the patience, etc. So there has to be at least a halfway decent kit for me to start modeling something.
0: I guess from, from, from my perspective, that's, that's where the fun is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm serious.
1: Yeah, I know. I know.
0: It's uh it's the, the getting there. I, I feel like if I, well, how to, how to say it. I'll, I'll still pick the best kit of what's available. Unfortunately, some of the subjects that interest me don't have a lot of kits available. And the ones that are available are not so great. Like the Kachusha, that, that, you know, I, want to, I want to build uh, the one on the on the Russian truck. Right. The Allen kit's kind of a, a not so great kit with a bunch of uh, itillary parts thrown in to, to make the launcher. So there's better options out there to do that. And I'm going to have to cross kit like three or four kits to get what I want, but uh, that's okay.
1: Yeah. Whereas me, I'm not a cross kitter. What I am is, I'll I'll select the best kit. I'll I'll do my research and you know determine is this kit a decently buildable kit that will reproduce a decent reproduction of what I want, and then I will go and see what is available in the already done aftermarket uh, arena. To maybe add, improve, or enhance the base kit that I've got. But I am, unlike you, I will rarely cross kit three or four kits or do something that requires a major amount of scratch building. But that's because I don't enjoy that. And I think you do.
0: Well, and I think uh, my approach lends itself to armor modeling more so than it does to aircraft modeling
1: just simply because of the geometric shapes involved or
0: it's i think more opportunities to take this from that kit and this from another than it is to start swapping airframe parts from various aircraft kits gotcha i mean you might find an inter- in- in- instance when uh, this uh, this makers FW-190 wings for this particular version are better than the other guys, but their fuselage goes together better. Right. And you might see some of that. I don't know how common that is in aircraft modeling. It's
1: it's, it's not hugely common because of, of the fact that even if one set of wings are better and another fuselage is better, it's really tough to mate the two together because the two different kit manufacturers may have may have chosen two different, break points for the wing fuselage mating mating surface
0: so you know by comparison this katusha H- hobby boss makes the two axle version of the truck i want them to to do so i can use like all that kit because this the, the three axle and the two axle trucks were the same length just the, the one had a tandem rear axle so I don't I don't have to use much of that Allen kit after all, and then the the rocket launcher didn't change early post war. So there's a hobby boss kit of a post war Katusha that you can you can cabbage the entire launcher from, and make all that work, and you end up using like a half dozen pieces from the Allen kit to to blend the two together.
1: Question for you? Sure. And I I think you probably did this with the Airfix Beauforts kit. You. Ever pick up a model and build it without doing research?
0: yeah, that one you're right I did. Have, you,
1: have you ever done it regularly? no okay <laughs> see, and I think that's that that is an, another difference. I don't think you're inclined to do that whereas i i I certainly would pick up and build out of the box a kit without ever having looked into it prior to building it, without ever having done any research, just taking the parts that the that the manufacturer has given me and try to assemble them and paint them as competently as possible.
0: Which is what that Bofors, Airfix uh, Morris and Bofors build was. And right. It, it was highly rooted in nostalgia. But I'd built that kit as a kid.
1: And I don't think you'd ever do that with a normal kit.
0: That's fair. I, I don't think I'd do that with a 35th scale build. That'd be tough for yeah. me.
1: Or even take a look at 72nd scale aircraft. You, you first thing you do make your own photo hatch air brakes.
0: <laughs> I guess you're right.
1: And, well, and I think that's just a, it's, it's, it's both chicken and egg. I think it is who you are because you're an engineer, but it's also why you enjoy the hobby. You enjoy doing those things. You enjoy those puzzles. How do I solve this puzzle?
0: Uh, that's a good way to put it. That's that's exactly right.
1: Where, whereas with me, the pleasure is... Just putting the parts together and and painting it and having the finished model done. Um, now, that doesn't mean I don't ever want to improve it, uh, but most of my improvements will be aftermarket. Very rarely will I scratch build something. It's just the nature of what I enjoy leads me to be more of a kit assembler as opposed to a modeler. Well don't
0: sell yourself short.
1: Well I'm 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 not trying to sell myself short, but I'm just saying it is a different approach to uh, to the to the model, to the the process of modeling. And again, modeling's supposed to be fun. So if you're doing it in a way that you don't enjoy, that's uh, that's not a hobby, man, that's work. <laughs> and so well, I was but about did- to I
0: was about to say that all this, just despite the fact that my approach hasn't changed all that much, now that uh, doing the shows, especially amps, not that it's a bad thing, but uh, in the context of of where my competitive drive was focused, and uh, to finally let that go, yes, and uh, just kind of rediscover what I like and and why and why I'm building and. It's uh it's gotten a lot more fun. I can say that. I, I'm still, yeah. you know, I'm still I I may still choose the more difficult path on a lot of things. Sometimes deliberately. I'll 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 pick something to to cuz I know it'll be a good uh application of a technique I want to learn.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like like huh. the E16. I mean I, I've always liked float planes and catapults. But that kit I, I saw the deficiency in the in the, uh, the the dive breaks in the forward pontoon struts on that plane. It's like, hey, that's a simple it's a simple CAD part to draw. It's a simple, it's a simple thing. If I wanted to start photo etching myself, that would be a good thing to do it on.
1: Yeah, and so the project b- became a skill builder for you as
0: well. And it's going to end up being a big uh, a paint learner too. But I think this Gundam kit for the Moose Cup's Cup is going to put one ahead of it, which, which really needed to happen.
1: <laughs> well, good. Yeah, well, like I said, with that Harder and Steenbeck Infinity, I will tell you uh, uh, I've owned a fair number of airbrushes in my day, and I have four right now. The Harder and Steenbeck, because it is so fine an instrument, it is, even for somebody who's experienced with airbrushing, It does take a little getting used to. It's just again, like any tool, the finer the tool that you're using, the more uh, the more delicate it is. The more experience it takes to get everything out of it, but there's so much more that you can get out of it because it is
0: such a fine tool. Is Doctor Miller paying you on the side?
1: No, he is not. I'm, (laughs) I'm here to tell you. Listen. I'm just seriously I have been I've been using this Infinity and have been able to do things with it that I have never been able to do with any airbrush ever it just I've described it many times as like driving a Ferrari it is it is as, as delicate as a Ferrari it is as finely tuned as a Ferrari which means that sometimes you have to play with it a little more to because it is so sensitive, but boy, when you get it dialed in, you can do things that, that I've not been able to do with any other airbrush. So the Gundam will be great practice for you getting getting that all dialed in.
0: Well, I better start building it.
1: You better start. Well, you know what? You can bring it to Vegas and you can build it in our ho- hotel rooms at night.
0: It's not going to be time for that.
1: Oh sure, you come back to the you come back to the hotel room. It's two o'clock in the morning. You put a couple of good hours of modeling in at the table. You know.
0: Well, to back to modeling. They say Vegas never sleeps. I won't know. I'll be asleep. <laughs> okay. So you a uh, build it your way guy, or or a follow the instructions guy?
1: I'm I am becoming i I am becoming a person in my old age who follows the instructions a little more. Now that doesn't mean that I won't vary the the sequence uh, somewhat, but over the over the many years of modeling, I have probably gotten myself in more trouble by not following the directions than saved myself heartache by not following the the directions. I I generally am going to at least give the directions the benefit of the doubt. Now there are some times where it's like. Okay, I understand why they're telling me to do it this way, but for painting ease, for assembly ease, for something, I'm going to to vary from what the instructions tell me. But that's probably becoming less and less common as I get older. I'm actually following the instructions probably a little more whereas when I was when I was younger, I hell, I'm not sure I always looked at the instructions. Well, I know for you, instructions are just kind of suggestions along the way.
0: Well, I might use it to get through the whatever bit of kit I'm using, right?
1: Right. The basic build sequence.
0: But for armor, it's the steps are pretty similar. Well, I don't know. So these newer kits are, are a little more broken down, especially Bronco and like any yeah. art that's you might want to pay attention a little bit if you're building those, but uh, you know, like like the the SU seventy six we keep talking about that that was uh, there weren't any instructions there <laughs> no
1: but yeah. you know I, I do think that probably one of the reasons I I am hewing more to the instructions these days is the fact that kits the part count on kits is going up and the complexity of kits as well as the as the engineering becomes finer, the pit, the number of kit parts is actually going up on most kits. And so it, it does require, I think, at least a little more attention to what the instructions tell you is the proper build sequence. I got a question for you. Sure. Painting and markings.
0: What about painting and markings, Dave?
1: Do you ever, have you ever in your life used the kit painting, uh, painting, instructions and decals.
0: Now that's a hard question. Let me think. I don't think so.
1: I I was going to say, I was going to ask maybe the PT 76. Did you come close to using? No. I mean,
0: okay. That's an interesting one. The scheme is identical. Well, the number turret number is not the same, but it's a, it's a Soviet Naval infantry scheme, right? Right. It's pretty, pretty basic. Yeah, Uh, I did not use the kit decals. I used some micro scale decals I had left over from God knows when (laughs) no clue how old they are, but, uh, they're at least 20 years old, but they're still good.
1: But now I can tell you that as, as listeners know, I have a problem regarding decals and decal sheets. I have aftermarket decals out the wazoo, um, I cannot tell you the last time I assembled a kit and used the kit decals. For me, I want something different. I want usually when I'm building a a kit, it's because I want to do a particular aircraft or a particular set of markings. and those were usually inspired by somebody's aftermarket decal sheets. So, it's pretty rare for me to use the decals in the kit to do one of the ver- marking's versions uh from the kit instructions. It just I guess that's where I I enjoy branching out a little bit.
0: Yeah, I don't think I've used uh, I don't think I've used kit decals very often. And a lot of times it's because they're, they're they're not very good. Um Yes. The, the trumpeter decals in that uh, PT seventy six were really thick. Uh, you know, I've built a lot of Tamiya over the years. Their decals are kind of thick. Yeah. Uh, this E sixteen Paul from Fujimi. I don't know yet. Yeah. The, the problem is there's you're gonna have to cobble up markings if you don't use the kit I've, decals.
1: I've got so many Japanese decals. Japanese tail. Tail codes, Japanese Hainamarus, Japanese.
0: Yeah, you can get the national markings, but the the, the tail code is where it all comes apart.
1: I uh, I have sheet after sheet of individual tail codes,
0: and I bet uh, E sixteen Paul is not on it.
1: Uh but keep it. <laughs> yeah, you got to you got to piece it together. You piece it together, but but I I can guarantee you we Yay. can come up with it. Yes that is piecing piecing together tail codes and and serial numbers on aircraft is one of the one of the fun little little joys of aircraft decalling whereas armor decalling I don't think is nearly so so
0: no typically not intricate. You're right.
1: yeah so mike uh, you got any shout outs for the episode
0: i do dave i've got two shout outs all right uh, the first one is to Mr. Mike Ida-Cavage. Uh, he's a old friend of mine from a long time back, and I want to thank him for his incredible generosity to Plastic Model Mojo. Mike has uh, donated through our PayPal link. Yeah, And uh, if anyone else would like to do that, uh, they can do so at www.plasticmodelmojo.com. There's a heart icon in the upper right-hand corner of the screen where you can make a, a direct contribution to our show. We we really appreciate it. And Mike, I can't say enough. I, I was very humbled and just really flattered by, by, your, by your generosity. Uh, to back up a little bit, uh, again, Mike is an old friend from my, my first steps of my modeling journey into what I would call, quote, uh, serious modeling. Uh, back when I was a teenager, He was instrumental in setting up the first IPMS chapter in in my hometown of Johnson City, Tennessee. It was the Southern Appalachian Scale Modelers. It no longer exists, but uh, that was back in the 80s, 1985, 86, 87. Uh, I've rode to my first model shows, uh, at least one with Mike. Uh, Typically, those were in North Carolina. We we went to this show, Arm Air Chapter in Salisbury, North Carolina. I know we went there. We went to Charlotte. We went to... uh, Uh, the French broad chapter in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, He probably remembers all of these. I've not seen Mike since probably 1987, 1988, but we're planning uh, a little reunion at the IPMS national convention in Las Vegas. All right. And uh, hopefully the listeners will get to enjoy our, our first uh, reunion and, Gosh, thirty something years at the plastic model mojo table at the national convention. So Mike, look forward to look forward to talking to you again. It's been a long time. Uh uh I'm not the seventeen year old kid in the room anymore. Seventy two year old kid? Seventeen year old kid in the room, Dave.
1: <laughs> okay. Sounded <laughs> like you said seventy two. Well,
0: that's your sixty year old ears at were.
1: probably probably.
0: <laughs> uh good times. I'm really looking forward to it. That's great. So, Mike, thank you, thank you again for your generosity. We really appreciate it. You got one, Dave? Yes, I do. Um, and and it's a kind of similar themed. Um,
1: I've been going to nationals for, like I said, I think twenty five of them. My first was in nineteen eighty five in Indy. And okay, I'm stretching my memory here, so so forgive me if some of the details aren't right. Sometime. In, I think it was 2005 at Kansas City um, Nationals, I first saw models by a modeler by the name of uh, uh, Steve Hustad, who is up in Minnesota, I believe. And he does aircraft 70-second scale aircraft dioramas, which I think is something that's very, very hard to do. And he does them... Amazingly, uh, and and his particular one of his particular things is he does them based on photographs. Um, uh, and he did a uh, Ju 188 crashed in the water along the shore of an island. Uh, I think that was the one he brought to Kansas City, which is one still to this day one of the most amazing uh, aircraft dioramas I've ever seen, and uh i i've admired his work uh most recently he did a series of battle of britain 109s uh uh shot down uh based on different photographs that he was posting on uh roy roy sutherland's uh, barracuda cows, facebook page and um I I've I've spoken to him only once it was at a national it was nothing more than to say hey nice model really great that's fantastic words to that effect well as a matter of fact as a benefit of this podcast is that uh Steve heard me mention him on a previous podcast or actually Another listener heard him, who knew Steve and mentioned to him, "Hey, you were mentioned on this podcast as a result he uh he recently reached out to us, told us how much he was enjoying the podcast, which gave me the opportunity to mention how much I enjoyed and admired his modeling and None of that would have ever happened without this podcast, and uh, getting to interact with really great modelers that I've seen but never would have had the chance to interact with them about their modeling if it weren't for this podcast. It's a benefit I never considered when we started it, Mike. I never thought any of any of this of what's happened would happen. And boy, did I never anticipate getting to interact with some people that I admire as really great modelers. So that was a side benefit that uh, uh, was reinforced recently when Steve reached out. And uh, Steve, thank you so much for reaching out and uh, 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 giving me the opportunity to actually tell you how much I've enjoyed your modeling and, and hope to see a whole lot more of it. So, Mike, you got a final shout out?
0: I do. I do, Dave. I, I want to shout out uh, from episode 42, our guest, Mr. Evan McCallum, a.k.a. Panzermeister36 from uh, YouTube. Uh, we had a great time talking to Evan, but I wanted to single out uh, one particular detail from that conversation that really has nothing to do with his internet presence. In getting that segment set up, another one of our Ottawa friends, uh, Ian McCauley, who knew Evan from their club, had asked me to remind Evan that he had taught Evan everything he knows as a, li- <laughs> as a little joke, as a little humor, right? Yeah. And, uh, I did that and Evan handled that with a level of humility and respect that really surprised those guys up there. Cause I've heard from them since then. Uh, he showed a genuine appreciation uh, of the hand that was was extended to him by those uh, crotchety old guys when he entered the hobby. And I just want to say I think that speaks volumes of Mr. McCallum's character. He's a super guy and as another listener put it, he's the real deal skills-wise. So uh keep it up Evan and let's see some some more of those uh, color specific how-tos you you're promising. Uh us old dogs want to learn some new tricks.
1: Yes, absolutely. And by the way, that makes a really great point for all you crotchety old modelers, club members. When the new guy shows up, you know, new into the hobby or new into a club, reach out, be giving, be generous, be supportive. And most modelers I know are. But the benefit is if you do that, you can grow the next generation of Evan McCallum's for us. And that's a huge benefit to our hobby. Look how much he's already don't, given back to the hobby through his YouTube channel. So, bravo to all those guys who, when Evan showed up, took their time to 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 take him seriously and to show him what they knew.
0: And now he's showing them and us. That's right. And all of us. Well, we hope to get him back on.
1: Yes, absolutely. That was a great conversation, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, looking forward to more down the road.
0: All right, Dave. Well, we're getting to the end of this one.
1: Yep. Looks like the, our time has just about expired. So you know what they say, Mike. So many kits. So little time. All right, Dave. Take it easy, man. You too. Take care. Take care.